My name is Matt Brown. If that is the case, why would you have a player on the roster that you do not believe can complete a pass to a wide receiver? And let's start the show. <laughs> Little Victor Cruz dance. Oh, Victor. <laughs> What's up, everybody? The world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Wednesday, November 1st. That's right, November 1st, 2023. We are officially in the month of November at the home stretch of the year, and we are going to enjoy the month ahead. And before we do that, before we get into an NFL Productive Conversation, and before we give you quality content, I just want to remind you you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding the show across all social media platforms, Instagram, at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter and X at ProdComopod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations and Facebook at Productive Conversations. So yes, October is over. Halloween has passed. I hope everybody had a great Halloween weekend. I certainly did. You know, hanging out in Brooklyn and Jersey City and the city and New York City. It was a nice deal. My Magnum PI costume was a success. Many compliments and likes. And now we move forward with it. So very exciting stuff there. So Magnum PI and Halloween weekend, success. So now we go into November. We're in the final month of the fall, we are inching closer to Thanksgiving. The holiday season is around the corner. For some of you weirdos out there, the holiday season starts today. I don't get it. I will never get it. Holiday season should start right on Black Friday. But to each their own and enjoy your life. But for you know other things, we have the leaves almost being almost falling down completely. Daylight savings time. The beautiful landscapes that take place in the northeast during uh november it's a pretty great month and it's a pretty crucial month in the nfl we see teams starting to become sellers we see teams essentially lose their season and just go through the motions and we have teams competing for playoff positions and trying to win divisions so very we have a very good month of football ahead but let's talk about the final weekend of October 1st and what took place in week eight of the NFL. And there was a lot going on. Pandemonium, if you will. Right before we had a pretty interesting NFL trading deadline day on Halloween yesterday, um, we had a lot of teams um, throwing the towel after some tough losses. We also had some teams showing they are legit as we hit the halfway point this, this upcoming Sunday. And yet, we close the first half of this NFL season with a really great week of football. And there are a lot of games to get into, so I don't want to take up too much of your time. So why don't we get into it right here, right now. Let's go through every single game in Week 8. Let us look ahead to Week 9. And let's also talk about some of the trade deadline moves that took place in the last 24 hours. So an action-packed show for you today. Hayden, Bars, and Alex are with me. It's your guys' turn once again. Let's talk some football. Here we go. This is a very productive conversation. Week 8 of the NFL was a full pandemonium. We had a lot we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot of trade discussion as well. So let's just jump into it right now and talk about week 8 in the NFL. 
Hayden and Alex are here. Bars will come in late. I don't know where Nico is. I assume he's trick-or-treating. So stay safe, Nico. We'll see you soon. All right. Let's first start about the big game that I said we would open with. What turned out to be literally the worst NFL game maybe ever. The New York Jets were able to defeat the New York Giants by a score of 13-10. to Hayden, props to you and your team. You won fair and square. As for the Giants, those disgraceful pieces of garbage in a unforgiving franchise setting back loss with just the listen the game was ugly itself the jets weren't very good either but it was a matter of who played worse and it was the new york giants and i will go on this radio this podcast look in the camera and you dolo you hear me right now and say that i was wrong about the giants i was wrong about brian dayball this team is horrible this team is disgraceful and the moment i officially give up on this team and brian dayball was not the fact that at the end of the fourth quarter 25 seconds left fourth and one you just have to convert after a after an awesome Kayvon Thibodeau sack, you just have to convert a first down to win the game. And you have Saquon Barkley to run. You decide to kick it with Graham Gano, who apparently is injured. He misses it. Gives plenty of room for Zach Wilson to throw the ball, get downfield in a field goal range, and they tie the game. And it wasn't that play that made me lose my mind. It is the fact that you have a third-string quarterback on this roster who you do not trust to throw the ball in Tommy DeVito. What the hell does that say about this coaching staff? It shoots every all the success and all of the progress you made last year and put it down the drain. What an ugly mess. Next year, ride or die, if you don't make the playoffs, he's gone. All of them. Brian Dayball has to be held accountable now. And he doesn't seem to know what he's doing with this team. What a difference a year makes. And yeah, Giants season's over. I'm here. I will watch every game. I will still be a loyal Giants fan. We'll see where we end up in the draft. But this was an appropriate way to end an abysmal season. As for the Jets, Hayden, what do you think about the Jets? Um, I mean, I'm not really, you know, getting too much into the, the Jets. Um, I Ideally, what... I, I really it, it was one of the worst games in the history of the NFL. It was it was awful. Like it was just a tr- atrocious game. But that being said, like you look at it at four and three without your quarterback, like the guy made the big plays down with twenty four seconds to go, um, got you to tie got you to tie the game and ultimately win it. So um I mean it was it was a not it was an overall terrible performance from Zach Wilson. But I mean in crunch time actually the guy in crunch time actually has been pretty good, actually, for 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 actually a sustained amount of time. He actually has the most game winning and and comeback drives for um, any of the quarterbacks in the twenty twenty one draft class, including Trevor Lawrence. He has six. So, um, I mean, that being said, if you would have told me at the beginning of the season, even despite the fact how ugly that win was and what they actually, it feels like they have to climb a mountain to win each week with Zach Wilson a quarterback. It's just unbelievable what they have to do to, to win games. Um, that being said, if you would have told me they would have been four and three at the beginning of the season, I would have took that with, with that Rogers. So, I mean, yeah, there's not really much to say. I mean, other than the fact that, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna play LA. And if you play great next week and you're five and three, nobody cares about how you got this win. They're just going to see a W in the win column. So, I mean, at the end of the day, Zach Wilson has made the plays when it's 
when he's needed to make them. Um, hasn't been great, but I mean, you won four games with him. You got to ride it out a little bit longer. Um, trust your defense. Let let them make plays and show that you have an elite defense that's going to help you win games. And I mean, overall, they're going to have to continue to play perfect and elite. But um, you know, they can they can win some games. It's not a sustainable formula consistently. Um, but at four and three, you know, you got to figure you got to figure you got to be at like eight and seven or around mm-hmm. that record around seven eight around that around that yeah. record maybe maybe a game or two off to to be in the playoff mix so they, they're going to be in the playoff hunt the rest of the season with this defense and um with this run game so i mean i think you got to ride it out and you know kind of get behind your quarterback for a little bit till rogers comes back give them exactly. credit a win's a win yeah Exactly. That's the moral of the wins a win, especially when you have <laughs> when one team has negative nine passing yards. Um, but yeah, I that... just uh, no, I couldn't agree with uh, with both of what you guys said, just for different reasons. I think if you were to tell me that Jets would been four and three through the through eight weeks, I thought I would have called you crazy. And that's with Rogers. Um, I had this team as like a third place team in this division because I was shaky about what they would look like. I knew they were going to be an elite defense, but they were going to struggle to score points and a win is a win. And the reality is, you know, Zach Wilson has been three and zero the last three weeks, whereas Brock Purdy has been zero and three. It's kind of crazy mm-hmm. to think that in a, in a world like this in 2023, that's the, the scenario that, that the jets are in halfway, almost through the season. I mean, they got they're they're hosting the Chargers at home, very winnable game on a Monday night. Then you have a buy. Um, don't ask me why it's a buy. It's a buy. Um, and then you're going to Buffalo, <laughs> and that's going to be a tough. Knowing game. the Jets, knowing the Jets to lose to Vegas, the Jets, <laughs> no, no, not never with never with my team, and we'll save that for later. But uh, yeah, so you could you could string off five in a row here, and then you're going in with bouts of confidence into Buffalo, which again is a very difficult game, but it's not undoable. I mean, it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, so. Well, just but 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 look, we already we've seen how these divisional games have shaken out. Um, any any team could give give the other team disruptions, you know, week to week. So I think it's very winnable. You just got to keep your head up and keep pushing forward and making the, the right adjustments week to week. I mean, the Jets right now are in the position of about ten or eleven other teams in the league who have, you know, a pretty decent team but need better quarterback play. I'm looking at literally the the I'm looking at the NFL right now. You, I'm, I'll give you about ten teams that probably would be better with better quarterback. Colts, Titans, uh, Browns, Steelers, uh, the Raiders. Um, you could argue the, the Giants, probably, maybe the Commanders, the Bears, um, Vikings, Buccaneers, Panthers, Cardinals. Like, there, there's got to be about 10 or 11 teams who so were in the same boat. Falcons were of course. in the same boat as about 10 or 11 other teams. So, of course. I mean, you know, we'll see. Well, but you got to you got to remember too. Like this league is about fortitude. NFL stands for not for long. So if these teams start to wear down towards the end of the year, it's a battle of the fittest. And the one thing you can rely on, two things you can rely on in this league is run game and defense, and they have that. They both, yeah. And to just to put a bow on this segment, trade deadline with this Giants didn't weren't sell. Oh, sorry, the Giants were sellers. They traded Leonard Williams. They ate his salary and got a second round and fifth round out of pick out of it. So solid yep. job, Joe Shane, to save your face on this one. It's a pissed off Giants fan, an angry Giants fan. So good there. And then the Jets did not make a move. They did not no, get Jets, well, the Jets a added a couple of linemen. They added one guy. Oh, yes. from, uh, from who used to be a Buffalo offense, Roger Saffold, who used to be a Buffalo lineman. 
2022. He only allowed two sacks and he played. So he's actually, they added a lineman. They, they elevated someone else from the practice squad, I believe. So um, not too many big moves, but what they what basically Joe Douglas is saying is basically um, we're going to, we're going to, we trust the way our team is built right now. We're going to let our defense and running game win us games. So I, I can't, I can't. I was a little upset they didn't add more to the offensive side of the ball. Maybe not add another receiver. If I'm being completely honest, um, I think I could have gave Zach Wilson a little bit more help. But um, that being said, like you gotta live or die by your defense. So it's you know there wasn't too many big names to really add in the in the, the deadline. Not really, and I think a lot of teams realize, wow, we really need these assets, especially backup quarterbacks. A year where a lot of quarterbacks have been going down, and um. Credit to that. And I guess the last thing Joe Douglas briefly said didn't add much to it about Aaron Rodgers. We expect him back. Any speculation of what that actually means? And do you think you see him on the field in 2023? And the only other thing, evidence we saw him right before Jets and Giants stepping back, making throws, throwing pretty fast. I mean, there's so many different things I could say about this, but well, I mean, if I if I talked about this segment, I'll be here till till three in the morning. So, <laughs> um, I'll I'll keep my thoughts about this a little bit, Mom. I do think he's going to come back in the last two weeks of the season. I actually do. Wow. Um, that being said, um, it's just there's just so many things in my mind that could happen that I, um, knowing the Jets, he'll come back and they'll they'll be eight and seven, and then somehow they'll lose the last two games and miss the playoffs within the quarterback. So. Knowing the Jets, that's what would happen. But I'm not going to let my mind wander there, even though every Jet fan secretly has it in the back of their mind because we're the curse and we're the New York Jets. But, um, I mean, yeah, hopefully he comes back and plays plays at the MVP level. But we'll see. Yes, we will cross that bridge when we get there. Now let's transition to the Cincinnati Bengals defeating the San Francisco 49ers on the road by a score of 31 to 17. Joe Burrow steps up in a crucial game. Very comfortable, was not phased by the 49ers defense, and he was able to put up numbers against them. 49ers had no Debo, no Debo, no Trent Williams again, and Christian McCaffrey was only able to do so much. And Brock Purdy coming right off a of protocol. Maybe you could debate should he have started, yes or no? Regardless, they did put him in there, and he had a hard time against the Cincinnati defense. And obviously, the 49ers reacted with picking up Chase Young this today at the deadline. So Cruz was up there. So first, let's talk about Cincy. What about this win? Oh, well, I think oh, – yeah, yeah. No, I just think it was, a, it was a statement win for Cincinnati. You could see how – um, eager they were coming out of the gate. They knew this was a crucial game for them. Um, I think everybody knew that. Um, I originally um, had Cincinnati only on the bait. I, no, I actually, you know what? I did pick San Francisco to win in a bounce back, but I knew that this was going to be kind of season changing for Cincinnati, and they they treated it that way. Um, you look at the offensive side of the ball. Um, they they played it played a pretty conservative first half. Um, uh, I thought that they controlled um, the line of scrimmage, uh, which is, you know, hence why you saw San Francisco on the open market get a guy like Chase Young. But I think, um, you know, Mixon had a day. Um, I think that Burrow looked clean and composed in the pocket. He played damn near a perfect game. And um, that was exactly what you needed to see as a response if you're going to be Cincinnati trying to make it back to the AFC Championship. So, uh, you know, again, San Francisco limps into the bye. Definitely not what you want to see um, going three straight, but – 
as I've talked to San Francisco fans over the weekend, I, I've explained, so I was blue in the face. Look, if you're going to be a championship team and you're going to have a struggle, you're going to have a low, this is the time to do it. This is the time to figure shit out, this stuff out, um, get things cleaned up, get screws tightened up and go back to finding your identity as a football team. And so uh, Brock Purdy, obviously his comments is shaken. Um, he's going to go into the bye, and they're going to be looking over tape and and watching, um, you know, some of the misreads that he's had on the second level with the picks and the and miscommunication with his receivers. But um, I'm I'm confident they're going to bounce back, and this is a great win for Cincinnati. Um, I mean, I'll talk a little bit about this. Um, you know, you're you got you got a tough schedule coming up. You got the Jaguars, you got the, yeah. the um, you Seahawks, and then you got the Eagles. So those are three, you know, pretty pretty difficult games, uh, arguably. Um, so it's going to be very, very difficult on them. Five and three. I mean, you could argue that they're not, they're not much. I don't think they're much better in Seattle, if I'm being completely honest, um, with, with Seattle's defense and the way Seattle could really throw the ball through the air um, with Geno. Um, they're going to have some problems. They're a playoff team in the NFC, 100%. Nobody, nobody's going to say that. Um, with the NFC, they'll, they'll make the playoffs. But I think this is closer to a 10 or 11 win team than I think the, than I think a, um, than I think a 12 or higher team. Honestly, 100%. This is like a, if I had to say they're five and three right now, I, I'd say they're probably going to finish closer to ten and seven. They're not going to be as nearly the juggernaut everyone thought they were going to be. Like I, I think they're probably going to lose to Seattle once or twice. Um, I think they could lose to Baltimore. Um, I don't love the Jacksonville matchup for them. Philadelphia's a tough game, so like there, there, there are games in which they they're going to have a tough time. And like I, I, I'm, I'm a little tired of people. I'm a little. Excuse me. I'm not going to say this word. But I'm a little bit tired of all the hype that they have, all the skill position, and it doesn't mean anything if it's not going to translate in the field. It doesn't matter. They could have an all-star squad. They could have a team of Pro Bowlers. It doesn't really matter. Like, so you they, don't think I, you don't you don't you don't think the injury with Trent Williams and and uh, Debo's had any impact on this offense? I think it's had a big impact. Sure, yeah, of course. 100%. Yeah, of course. I'm not going to disagree with you on that. But I'm saying when you have Christian McCaffrey, when you have Brandon Ayuk, like you have George Kittle, like you still have pieces on the offensive side of the ball. It's not like you have no one. And you had a quarterback supposedly last year from Brock Purdy who led you to a, an NFC championship game. Like, I, I think you should be able to weather that storm, in my opinion. Like, with I, no, I, I, I don't disagree with you, and I think they will weather the storm. I'm saying, conversely, I don't think this is indicative of who they are as a team. You're saying this is more re- closer to what they actually are. I think this is more close than what they actually are. I think they're more closer with. Totally I, I think they're more closer to a 10 or 11 win team than I think they, than what people thought they were. I couldn't I disagree with more. That. Because the thing is, every every championship team has a tough run during the middle of the period, middle of, middle of the season, and they go on a run. And this team is primed for that. They have the coach to do it. They have the quarterback to do it. The, the only question I have with them is not only just health, like with any team, but with Purdy, can you keep his confidence upright? Because he, when he has a clean pocket, he just has to game manage and not turn the ball over. They could have had three. They could have had uh, three and outs yesterday, and they still would have prevailed that game because it was such a tightly conservative game on both sides of the offense. That if he just doesn't turn the ball over, they're in that game. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm also a little bit concerned about their defense too. Their pass defense, like they, they were giving up yards galore to Kirk Cousins. Um, they were giving up yards to Joe Burrow. I mean, could that be an anomaly? Yes, 100%. But, like, I- I'm just a little bit concerned versus some of these teams that really could throw the ball. It's going to be a little bit of a problem. Like, they versus Jacksonville, who I-, I think I think Trevor Lawrence is a pretty good quarterback. So, I mean, you could have some- they could have some concerns in the secondary, too, which I think people maybe aren't really focusing in as much because they have a great defensive line. 
So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how much pressure that defensive line is going to be able to get on on the other opposing team's quarterbacks. So adding, so adding to that, San Francisco's ad does do add to their defense, as mentioned. Chase Young, the star, the star defensive lineman from the Washington Commanders, gets traded to the San Francisco 49ers for a third-round pick. So we talked about what the potential can be. And I do think this one report is interesting. So a report came for the brand new pass rusher for the San Francisco 49ers. Chase Young was viewed by some commanders coaches as an undisciplined player who developed bad habits per Mike Silver. Young would reportedly deviate from assignments in an effort to make splash plays. Young will need to play well for the rest of the season to in hopes that earn a big contract at the end of the year. So having said that, do you think if you're a 49ers fan, are you concerned at all about this news? I, and- I'm not, I'm not concerned at all because I think that's more indicative of a bad, poorly run organization like Washington, because you, you can keep, you can keep control over when you're a well-run organization, you can, you can have control over players and what they do on the field and you can get to them. If they're saying, if the reports are saying, if we're taking them at their face value that he's developed these, these traits and it wasn't something that they had seen, you know, in college that they knew about during, um, uh, during training camp and whatnot, that, that goes to show you that it's nurture, not nature. So it's not in him. It's, it's a product and a result of that locker room, that organization. So that could be more indicative of Washington than it is a forewarning for San Francisco, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. I think it has more to do with the with the um, dynamics and coaching staff for Washington than it does necessarily on the 49ers because a lot of times when you have a player who's doing that, he feels like he has to carry the team or make a big splash play because they don't they didn't necessarily have the products of really making those type of plays in Washington. And I think they have those guys in, in uh, the 49ers, so he won't have to carry the load as much. Yep. Yeah, no, I think it's a bunch of hoopla and just people trying to make up excuses for what for what definitely what definitely will be a transition. Washington, I don't think Ron Rivera is there for the long run now. They've clearly accepted their fate despite being five and three, just a game out of the playoffs, knowing that this team isn't going to go anywhere. And yeah, it's too bad. But regardless, 49ers are stepping up. They have given up a lot of draft capital in the last two years to make this run. And I guess my final question regarding this is, um, yeah, do we at least see the 49ers win the NFC out of this? Uh, no, I don't think the, I don't, I think, I think Detroit, I think Detroit is tougher and I think Philly is tougher too. I think they're two, I think they're two more physical teams. I, I, I trust them a little bit more right now than I would trust, than I would trust San Fran. Um, I don't see them coming out of the NFC, no. Well, I think there's two different questions. I think the hierarchy Hayden has correct. I think it's Philly, then Detroit by a slight nudge, and then it's San Francisco. But I still think that they have a puncher's chance to prevail out of the NFC. Oh, 100%. They have a puncher's chance um, without a question. Right. But I would I would put – if I was a betting man, I would give the slight edge even through all this this uh, this um, the issues that they're having right now. I would still put San Francisco at the end of the year a little above – Eagles, if I see what I'm supposed to see from this team bouncing back. Fair. Right. That's fair. I mean, I'm just looking at it right now. I mean, it, it could be different by the end of the season, but I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, we'll, we'll see right right now. I think, I think personally, I think the, um, 
I think uh, Detroit and, and Philly are a little tougher. And I actually think Seattle is going to be a very tough team for them to beat too. I, I, I do actually. But we'll see. I, I'm actually liking where I'm seeing that at Seattle. All right. Entering this chat, we have Bars the God here to join us for the rest of it. What's going on, Bars? Good to see you. You are What's alive. Going on? What's going on? All right. Great to see you, dude. And moving on to the. Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, real quick, what did I miss so come far? to an end. What? What did I miss so far? Is this Bengals 49ers, Jets, Giants? So, okay, good amount, good amount still left. But anyways, Broncos won by a score of twenty three to nine. All streaks come to an end. That includes losing streaks. Haven't won a game since twenty fifteen, and the Chiefs fall. Now, the Chiefs had. Plenty of excuses, I guess, in this defeat. Not scoring a touchdown um, and whatever, right? Mahomes is allegedly sick with the flu. Travis Kelsey was out at the World Series just two nights prior. I don't think that was a good look. What is he doing in Texas at the World Series when you have a game in Denver? And uh, Taylor Swift wasn't there. So clearly Taylor Swift um, might be the true good luck charm here. So I'm going to ask a silly question. Is um, are the Chiefs only going to prevail when Taylor Swift's in the building? Like, how do you lose to a team that gave up seventy points one week and uh, only allowed nine points against you? Very weird loss, I would think. Um, let me jump off this one since I was away for a little bit. Um, quick, a couple notes: the Chiefs, the Chiefs' offense looked weak. Like you said, there was a couple, um, a couple bursts. In the, in the late in the fourth quarter, um, Patrick Mahomes tried to come alive. The defense kept them within bounds for a really long time until like it got away from them. Patrick Mahomes had a couple floppy plays, um, but going on to Denver, uh, there was oh, uh, there was a missed holding call, but I don't think it really would have affected the game too too much. But um, they the Denver's defense was pretty much a one. Um, offense needed to win. Russell Wilson looked really comfortable. Um, the run game was solid. And Sean Payton also needed that win. So, yeah. Yeah, I just, I just think it was a bad, it was a bad week for KC. We, I, I go back to my my old platitude. It's like these divisional games get squirrely. They're they're bigger toss ups than people give them credit for. And I think Denver just simply showed up at home. Um, they knew that this was a. Um, you know, a game to to win. They had to win it to, to continue to even be viable for the playoffs, which I don't even believe they are. But I'm just saying the the internal within the locker room is what that's that's telling them. And with KC, some 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 teams just they just had they just lay a dud. I mean, the offense didn't show up. Um, and then you know, to your credit, bars like outside of you know um, outside of Chris Jones, what is this defense really for KC? Ever since Spagnuolo left, they don't really have much firepower. They don't get after they don't get after in the pass rush besides Chris Jones. They have guys who can push the pile in the center, but their corners are weak. Their secondary is a little shaky. Um, and Russell Wilson, again, looked comfortable and just did his thing, and he wasn't asked to do too much. Um, I think this game is actually in, more indicative. I actually think Denver's been playing a lot lot better recently. Um, they're 3-2 and two in their last, their last five games. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I definitely feel like they're three and five right now. Um, they still have to play the Raiders. Um, you get, That's a bye. Uh, you get the, uh, 
you get the Vikings, mm-hmm. you get the Browns without Watson, the Texans. Like there, there's some winnable games there. So I think I think they could they could sneak in some wins in here to maybe get back into a little bit, maybe get back into the conversation a little bit. Um, Russell Wilson does have 16 touchdowns in the year, which is a pretty high number actually. So it's good to see that their quarterback's starting to play a little bit. Um, they're starting to come together a little bit under Sean Payton. Took some time, um, but I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, although they gave up 70 points to Miami. Um, you know, that's, it's a one week thing, you know, that weeks like that happen. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, like it didn't matter. Cause I won the following week. Just like, it doesn't matter what the jets, the jets won the ugliest game of all time this week. If they go out and beat the chargers. So it's a week to week league. Um, I actually do think, uh, Denver could get back into it because I definitely feel like Russell Wilson has been playing pretty good. The defense is starting to come alive. They've only allowed, they've allowed less than 20 points in, in, uh, three straight weeks to the Kansas city twice and, and green Bay. They played pretty good. So going to be interesting versus Buffalo if they can um they can create some turnovers. And we'll see. I mean, you know, win a game or two here and there, you could get right back into it. Three and five, you're still still giving yourself at least a chance in, in a weaker AFC. And although you know, a little bit of a weaker AFC this year than, than people might have thought. Excellent takes on this one. And I guess we can't uh, put the Taylor Swift blame for now, but we'll see how it goes. And... Let me say one thing. Kansas City had a, have been having problems with their wide receivers. GM didn't step up and get a solid and another option for Patrick Mahomes. And if anything, if you saw that Sky Moore, who people thought he was going to be a special player this year, that he would break out and become a top receiver. We saw him drop balls as he's been doing all year long. And... Um, yeah, I think not figuring out how to get another receiver on this team will bite them in the butt later on. So, disappointing stuff for your Kansas City Chiefs fan. But I hope they do not prove me wrong. So, the Seahawks played the Browns. Seahawks storm been a back-and-forth game with a huge win over Cleveland. I mean, what's going on with the quarterback position with the Browns, guys? Deshaun Watson wasn't in, allegedly healthy. I guess they uh, really don't. I guess they, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what to say. They don't want another team in in quarterback purgatory with giving just too much money for a quarterback. Them, them, and the Giants, the two dumbest, two two dumbest um, quarterback contract extensions I would say in the history of the league. Uh, Daniel Jones, I'm, I'm sorry, Matt. I know you're gonna don't not gonna like this. He was not even worth half that amount of money he got, and neither was Deshaun Watson. Being honest, the two I've come around to accept that as well. These two franchises are just dumb. Dumb beyond belief. Um, and if you're going to get the production you're getting out of Sean Watson and production that you're getting out of Daniel Jones right now, who, by the way, only won one playoff game, like five years, only won one playoff game. It wasn't like this guy, you know, climbed against my Raiders. Only so for 330, 20 yards last year. Um, Deshaun Watson just came off of pretty much like, I mean, I'm not trying to be graphic here, but like had all these lawsuits against him. And that was a mess. I don't know why they we know what's happening. We know what with that. I don't know why they decided to get involved with that. So those two, two GMs right there, um, the GM for the Browns and the GM for Joe Shane for the Giants should be in the hot seat next year if if one of those doesn't don't work out. So um, I mean, yes. if I'm Cleveland, if I'm Cleveland, I'm not even kidding. I'm thinking about drafting the quarterback next year. I'm 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 definitely I'm I'm there. Like you trade up with that roster. Let's say they wanted to trade up for a guy like Michael Penix or Drake May. Let's say they they would be one of the best teams in the league because they're a quarterback away. They have a really good roster. Like they have a great defense too. So I mean they're they're a quarterback away. Um interestingly enough, all the teams that we thought were a quarterback away with with uh Seattle and Geno Smith. Geno Smith looks like a, a Geno Smith comeback player of the year last year. They're off to a five and two start this year. 
They got Charbonnet. They got uh, Kenneth Walker. They got um, a J- Smith and Jigbo. We had a nice game. Lockett, Metcalf. Um, that's an offense that's going to be looking scary good. And and Devon Witherspoon, who should be the defensive rookie of the year. So um, I think it's more Seattle's offense coming to life at the end of the game, and it's more the fact that Cleveland still doesn't have a quarterback. I will say, Hayden, on the record, that as the days go by, I'm coming around that I was wrong about the extension of Daniel Jones. It's uh, getting really bad. Now you're you're coming around? (laughs) Like I said, this was the game. This was the game with um, negative nine yards, as you mentioned before. There's nothing to do with negative nine. It's just the fact that he's never on the field. He's never healthy. No, you're right. I'm just saying as the Giants organization. Yeah, as yeah, a whole. yeah, yeah. I and mean, it, with, with Cleveland, it's even worse because you have a quarterback who, like, you know. It's, you gave money to somebody with insane yeah. allegations against yeah. him. Yeah. So, yeah. so, like, are we ready to talk about, like, P.J. Walker being better than Deshaun right now? Or I mean, he, I mean, he, he's. Don't go that far. I mean, I'm not going to prove that. Either, but right now, that's what, the, that's what it's looking like. He's been serviceable without – I mean, he's been serviceable, but, like, that's because they have a really good defense, Cleveland. That P.J. That PJ Cooper connection has been looking real nice. That's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> uh, Gino is, in my opinion, trending up. Uh, like you said, like, he was the comeback player. Now he's just kind of, like, establishing who he should have established himself to be when he first got in the league. He had, like, two bad throws. Other than that, it, he had a pretty damn good game. And, like, uh, that defense is looking real good this year. Definitely, I definitely see them in the playoffs. Um, Pete Carroll's got to – he knows what he's doing. Right, I'm just going to talk about P.J. Walker right now. In, in, in three games he's played, he's completing 49% of his passes. He's thrown one touchdown, and he's thrown five interceptions. If that were Zach Wilson, I think they would have actually torched him on the field. Okay, if I'm just comparing that. But, like, but that's – he's not been very good. But that's that's because they have a uh, – you know, they've, they've been able to win some games in spite of P.J. Walker, who, you know, P.J. Walker is a fine backup. I His career numbers, P.J. Walker, are abysmal. Oh, my God. I, I mean, I want to say he has – I'm looking at the, the statistics right now for his, for his entire career in the game he's played as a starter. He has had six touchdowns and 16 interceptions. That's not great. But, I mean, his team has – his teams have won five of those games. He's five and four as a starter when he's played. So, like – I guess I'll look at it like that, but like, you know, but he is a backup quarterback and he's for a backup quarterback. He's fine. That That's I'll say that, which I just your saw point, your point. I just saw him. This is totally irrelevant, but I saw him with his helmet on. He kind of looks like Gino. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of does a little bit. Same, same head. Yeah. I kind of got that too. But yeah, I mean, I'm not going to belabor this too much. I mean, they, 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 just fell short in a tight game. I did like what I saw with them in that game against Indy, even though there was a lot of bad calls that riddled that that ending. But, um, yeah, I mean, Seattle's better than I had expected coming into the season. I thought they'd be closer to a 500 team. I think they could be vying for that second spot in the NFC West. And um, with Cleveland, you know, it's just about closing games. I don't think they can do that because I think they're one quarterback away. You know, Eric. P.J. Walker is serviceable for now, but he's not blowing anybody out of the water. He's not a real threat on the field, so it's a little predictable when it comes to offense. But I like Stefanski. I like what they do on offense. Again, they've been down uh, down Nick Chubb as well, and we kind of gloss over that week to week. Um, but I think, you know, once they get healthy, they get, they get guys back, and they start to gel with this offense. I think they could very well uh, draft somebody, even next year going into it, um, if yeah, you're going to – you, you could well. I'm saying like you could sit hit. You could sit whoever you draft for a year, and really make it happen. So because I think they're that good of a team. 
I mean, the Jets-Browns game in December is going to be a, a big game, actually. It could be a game for the playoffs. We get these yeah. similar teams, two, two good defenses, so it could be a good game. Mm-hmm. Yes, it should. You know who probably won't be playing for meaningful games in December? Probably the Buccaneers, after what I saw on Thursday, to confirm that Baker can't play anymore. Let it ride it out, and he will probably be a backup quarterback. After a tough loss against the Bills at home, Winning by score twenty four to ten, or sorry, on the road. Um, Bills get a crucial win to have them feel comfortable, but um, yeah, the Bucks um, gave us some false hope the, the early part of the year, and um, they're not a good team. Very disappointing game for the Bucks and Baker. That is a uh, was pretty bad. Am I right, guys? I mean, I can, uh, I can tell you that I always imagined Baker to play like that. I can always tell you that the, when the Buccaneers picked up Baker, they didn't really do much to replace Tom Brady. Maybe I just don't like Baker, but it is what it is. And he's pretty much just showing me what I thought he was. Like, he's basically like, I don't know, Mike Evans is going to, if he hits a thousand, a thousand yards this season to continue his streak, I'll be surprised. But at some point, it just seems like they were feeding Mike Evans. So he just kind of might. But I don't know if it's like Baker not getting through his like his progressions, but even though even though the Bills won that game, I still think it was a sloppy one. Sloppy one for the Buffalo because Baker played a clean game. I mean, he may not have showed up in the second half, but he did play a clean game. No, it was a sloppy one for Buffalo. Oh, with your camera. Well, yeah, I guess, but they but they also they also they also sacked Baker three times, which means that he was running for his life. I just think that it's kind of impartial to look at Tampa and assess them because I think they are a one-dimensional offense. I think Baker's being asked to do more than he's uh built up to be. I think he's like a B minus quarterback. He's serviceable, he can make a throw here and there, but you can't count on him in a big game. And See. if you don't have and if you don't have a running game, you're gonna regress to the mid to the means. So you're asking him to win a tough game on a short week on the road um, in a really tough climate, you know, both like, you know, fan base wise and weather wise. So I just think that it was a recipe for disaster coming out the gate. And I don't think it's necessarily indicative of what this team is altogether, but it was a quality win for Buffalo to stay alive in the AFC with the hierarchy. Now, don't get it wrong. I think the team itself is pretty good still. I just don't like Baker as their starting quarterback. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just tough because, like, the F's house is such a, a crap shoot right now. Like, nobody wants to win that division. It's looking like mm-hmm. um, it's probably going to be similar to what it is. So, I, I would say the Buccaneers are probably going to be in it till, till the end because no one in that NFC NFC South really seems like they want to seize control of the division. I mean, the best team on paper is probably going to be the Saints. I'm just looking at, it like, who I, who I think is the best team through both sides of the ball, probably New Orleans. But that being said, they have inconsistencies. Um, Atlanta hasn't shown you anything outside of the fact that they have a running game or two, a, run, a little bit of a running game that they could do anything. Um, you know, Jesse Bates defensively, they have, they have a couple of good players defensively, but no one really that really pops out to you. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. It's probably – the winner of that division will probably be like another nine or eight winning team. Um, so, you know. It's just that division such a crapshoot that it's hard to really rule out any team not, not contending in that division because of how bad the, the division is. And I think Buffalo actually played pretty good. Josh Allen played a clean game, and um, he's starting to find a find kind of uh, starting to find his form. But Buffalo's inconsistent, so you never really know what you're going to get week to week. So we'll see what yeah, happens. That's only, 
that's the reason why I felt like it was sloppy because I felt like they should have been killing uh, Buccaneers out the game. Like at some point, like Baker. Better, they're a better Tampa. team. They're a better team than Tampa. At but some it, point, it is it is hard to win this league. So we'll at see. some point, they got they got up the Bengals to pretty much that could be. That's that's a big game next week. So we'll see. I mean, like, 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 you know, they had a, they had a chance to be in the game, and, but like, you know, dropped it. I've said it from the beginning of the season. I do think Buffalo will miss the playoffs. I, I've said that from, I said that from day one. I will stay, stand by that statement. Um, they play the Bengals. They still have to play the Jets. They still have to play the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Chargers, the Dolphins again. Like, I, I, I'm, I, I think the Buffalo is going to implode this year. I just think they're way too inconsistent. Like, uh. I think the highs are too high and the lows are too low. I I, I, I just see that. I, I see an implosion happening in Buffalo. I think it's been simmering over the years, and I think this is the year it finally happens. I don't know if I'm on that bandwagon yet, but like if I've already endorsed it, but like I want to see a couple more games before I fully jump on that bandwagon with you, bro. Talk. All right, the Lions and the Raiders are playing. Monday night. Lions at home bounce back after an embarrassing loss to Baltimore. Everything on offense was clicking. Uh, Goff was great. His receivers were great. Laporta was awesome at the tight end position. O-line protected him. The defense with five-plus sacks pressured Jimmy Jimmy G the whole game. And what do you know for the Raiders? And Jimmy G probably played one of the worst games a quarterback can ever play, not giving any of his main receivers any touches until the second half of the game. I mean, I reckon I wouldn't do any better, but like, man, what's what was going on? I guess uh, unless they are purposely uh, taking for the removal of Josh McDaniels, the Raiders are getting worse and worse by the week. I know, uh, Alex, you added to that last by, week. Uh, but yeah, that was an ugly performance by by Las Vegas. They couldn't do anything offensively. Oh my god, that was brutal. Um, they have a they have a very big problem with Jimmy G because Jimmy G also has limited mobility and their offensive line can't protect him. Jimmy 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 G, correct me if I'm wrong on this one. You watch every game. He, he looks he looks like a statue back there. It's almost like Joe Flacco back there. He 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 can't move at all. It's it's like shocking. Even, even Zach Wilson has some mobility. He can kind of move around in the pocket, kind of escape. There is zero escapability from from Jimmy Garoppolo. It feels like week to week, which is probably why the guys getting injured every every week and you know. So it's you know it's kind of a bad offensive line, not a great situation. You got guys like Devontae Adams, you got guys like Josh Jacobs, uh, Max Crosby on defense. Who, outside of maybe Miles Garrett, uh, T.J. Watt when healthy is one of the better defensive players in the entire league. Um, so I mean, you got star players like that. I mean, you got to build this team into a winner. McDaniel's is, is a very good offensive coordinator. Like I'm not I'm not denying that. No, he wasn't. Nope. <laughs> I mean, yes, you, you, you got to be pretty good to win six Super Bowls with New England. You got I mean, Tom, Tom Brady. Brady help. Tom Brady helped. Tom Brady definitely did help. Stop it. I'm not going to sit there and say Tom Brady didn't help, which obviously he did but it like, all. He, if, if probably, if he probably did do it all. But that being said, if his departure going to Tampa Bay and winning right out the gate doesn't prove that it was all him, then it's then I don't. Well, know you could say the same thing about Bill Belichick too. I mean, you could say the same thing. I know it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, but like, I mean. He, he probably is another guy that's a good offensive coordinator, but not a great coach. It's we've seen that we see that all the time. So it's it's probably looking like another one of those examples. But you got to get a guy who right for at the at the end of the next year. So first, I think the enemy actually. 
we're being honest. I don't think right? I don't think that would be a bad hire if they wanted to go there. If we being honest, that front, the uh, the whole front office needs to go. For the oh, yeah, front, yeah, I'm like, with you on that. Front office is at, the, at this point. At this point, I'd rather keep Derek Carr. And y'all know how much I dislike Derek Carr. Like so. Oh, he's it, better. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. He's he's uh he's better than Jimmy J. Jimmy uh, G. Y'all got to understand, Jimmy G got this glorified, um, this reputation, right? Oh, he won his, he won, he won his, like, what, first two or four games after Tom Brady went down. Oh, Jimmy G, oh, Jimmy G, shut the fuck up. Jimmy G has not proven anything. What Jimmy G had, language. Oh, what you were shut saying? Shut the front door. Jimmy G, <laughs> Jimmy G. Jimmy G has not done anything. He's he's helped us prove that um, San Francisco system is immaculate because you can throw any quarterback back there and it pretty much works. Um, like outside of that, Jimmy G ain't got nothing going on for him. He's had a lot of good good games, but then he's had a lot a lot a lot of bad games. So who really? Looking at himself, like, I went from this piece. I went from this guy, Derek Carr, actually completed that. So this piece of yeah, come on, like you man. saw Devontae. Devontae yeah. said, "I let I let them kick my homeboy out for this." Yeah, like, dude, Devontae yeah. Adams is losing his uh, losing his mind Devontae clearly. Models, yeah. So the Alex, best you- meme, the best meme yeah. I've seen was two foreign, two foreign exotic ass cars under the under the under the garage or somewhat whatever you want to call that of like a low income very very poor texas neighborhood and it was like max crosby and De- Devonte adams on the raiders that's exactly what you're looking at right there so what are we getting alex are we going to stay quiet are we going to uh just sit and suffer what's going on I'm doing both. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've I've said enough that um, over the past few weeks, to the point where it's gotten me in a lot of heat. Um, uh, this this team has no place but down until they fire McDaniel's and they get rid of Mark Davis, which won't happen anytime soon. Um, I, I feel like at this point, it's a humanitarian crisis. What's going on with Hunter Renfro? Um, <laughs> he's something that's he's someone who still gets no no light no recognition for um the i don't know how to describe the way that mcdaniels is ruining his career i i would put it on a level like like he's in the sand in gaza right now like it's it's unfathomable how he's tanking his own career right now and and I, I really and I really feel bad for the pieces that are worth mentioning. The only three that are worth mentioning on this entire roster are Crosby, Devontae, and Jacobs. And and it's it's sad to watch them get um get ruined by this team, have their talents wasted and exploited on national TV um with nothing to show for it. And um yeah, um if they weren't if they weren't if they weren't there right now, this team would be irrelevant. They wouldn't be watchable. McDaniels can't coach a peewee team. I'm sorry. Like it, you've seen enough over the years. Um, he was glorified and and propped up by Tom Brady. And, um, when he had his chance twice now, uh, coaching in this league, he's failed in, in, uh, spectacular fashion. So I have nothing more to say. I get it. I get it. You have the right to feel the way you do. Well, it's not a matter of how how I feel. 
it's just like just use your eyes. You know, we're watching this team, they're 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 an aberrant mess. They're they're horrific. They're anemic on offense, allegedly governed by a guy who is a, who's an offensive magician. I don't see it. <laughs> Shoot! All right, the Ravens played the Cardinals this week, and um, Lamar Jackson had another I, good I, I game. I won't say that, but the, like the situation with Gaza is pretty serious. So, like I, you know, just want to put that out there. Like I, I you know, let's be careful on that. Yes. Yeah, fair. All right, moving on to football. We have the Ravens and the Cardinals with a score of thirty-one to twenty-four. Ravens handled Arizona pretty mildly despite staying in there. And uh, despite Odell Beckham being mad, he gets no catches. Do we see now that the Ravens can be considered a top team in this league after this week? Pretty. Um, no. I'll, let, I'll, let, I'll let, I know Alex has a big thing on Lamar, so I'll let him talk about that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, poo-poo Lamar too much for this game. I think it was definitely too close for comfort against a rebuilding team on the road to be in a one-score game, but I don't necessarily put that on Lamar per se. I thought that he played, you know, a sub-marginal game, um, which he tends to do on, on occasion, but, um, you know, they a win's a win. I'm not really going to criticize it too much. Um, I think that they do have, you know, worries and routine concerns, you know, through the air. Um, I think that Gus Edwards had the game of his life um, and kept them, you know, in the game in terms of the ground attack, and that's what they do best. But, you know, Arizona's a bad team. They're scrappy. They're going to stay in these games, and that's kind of what you saw. Um, I mean, in terms of, like, this game, like, I think, like, I do think, like, Lamar did did we could to win the game, you know. Didn't right. really do much, like you said. Um, I just think it's more like Arizona's really not good. Like right now, Arizona's a 117, so they did what they were supposed to do, be at a 117, and you move on. You're six and two. You're still one of the, you know, the AFC elite blue bloods right now, um, with uh, Jacksonville, Kansas City. Um, you know, you give yourself the chance, and then uh, arguably Cincinnati's going to start coming back too. So, you know, give yourself a chance to stack up some wins, and it's always good to to beat an inferior team, and that's exactly what the Baltimore Ravens did. So, good win for them. Um, just continuing that winning ways, but eventually they're going to start to play teams that are a little more, um, a little more. <laughs> Uh, a little bit more on both sides of the ball than, than the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to agree with Real, agree real, with quick, ahead, real quick, real quick before bars you go, November 16th is the day, is the date to pencil in because they got um, Bengals go to the Ravens on a Sunday night. Go ahead. Oh, oh, that's going to be a they, great they might, tough uh, game. They, oh, oh, that's Sunday night game. Yeah, I was going to say they're just going to flex that but Sunday night game. That will be a big one. That's going to be a great, tough divisional matchup. Um I'm not going to read too much into this uh, victory by the, by the Ravens. And no, I'm not putting any stock into them after this win. Um, Arizona's been really, really scrappy all year. But that doesn't mean that a team that did what they did to the Lions shouldn't have done it to the Cardinals. You know what I'm saying? So, um, uh, like you said, the run game is where they live. That's kind of pretty much their system. But they need more in the in the, in the the air attack. Like, like Odell didn't catch anything. But, like, Odell's pretty much, like, a, a shell of his, uh, his former self. So, like, I'm not really looking for Odell to be really much on that offense, like, regular season time. I'm looking for Odell, like, like because we know the Ravens will make the payoffs the way they're, the way they're looking right now. Um, but I mean, it's all about Lamar's health. Like, you know, like last year they were, they were uh, like, I want to say they had around the same record at, at, at this point last year. 
just you know Tyler Huntley eventually you know have to yeah. so so if Lamar Jackson stay healthy this is this is an eleven and twelve one team it's, if he can stay healthy you know he's got to stay healthy the full year which is which is like which is kind of it's kind of rough because he while he is a good passer and while he does have good pocket awareness sometimes he could get sometimes he has a lapse in his pocket awareness he, he makes he enough plays where you can live with the few mistakes he does make because he takes care of the ball pretty well actually he doesn't throw too many interceptions. Yeah. Like right now, right now, if I'm looking at how you have to consider Lamar Jackson, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of getting, I'm kind of getting a little nauseated by this continual talking point that if they just stay healthy, they're an elite offense. When you're built around the run, how do you expect to stay healthy? Like, I'm sorry, like that's just common sense. Like, I mean, I mean, that's that a good question. That's a real good goal. We're gonna keep playing this game, but everybody, guys, all these guys get hurt through the run game. So I'm just curious how this is supposed to end. I mean, it really with a know, concussion. Think, um, yeah. With a first round exit. It's, it's an interesting point you make. I'm not. I'm not even. This oh, one. is it? <laughs> it's an interesting point you make, but like, at the end of the day, like, <laughs> certain guys are. They, they probably have to develop him more, a little bit more in the pocket. But you know. So yeah. what happens when he goes up against Burrow and he can't outgun him? We'll see. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I, I personally, I personally think they got it. They still, they can't, they can't play afraid. Honestly, you can't play afraid. Injuries are going to happen, but like it really all is hinging on the fact that if Lamar Jackson can stay healthy, which is uh, there's a good chance he won't. Like honestly, said, I'll go. There is a good I'll chance. go deep. I'll go deeper to say that it 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 involves with Mark Andrews staying healthy because like yes. like Alex said, yep. like Alex said, they can't just do it on the running game alone. Like, they have a pretty good defense. So they can you play. can't stay healthy. Yeah, their defense is good. The defense will keep them in games, but them boys will get tired, man. Like also have one of the with all these good defenses center. and poor offenses that actually help. <laughs> uh, also, we have Zay Flowers get some touchdowns Zay in Flowers, there. Zay Flowers has been good too. Mark Andrews, yeah, yeah, he's trending up. He's trending up. They still have, to, up. They still have to. They still have to. Um, but he's making a lot of mistakes. Use Odell more. To be honest, maybe use Odell. No, he's a he's a name. That's it. Odell's washed, in my opinion. I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. All right. One team that's definitely not washed, and I'll have to give them credit, is the Philadelphia Eagles defeating the Washington Commanders, which was another team that lost their season uh, on Sunday. So the Commanders had them. They had the Eagles. They The Eagles even failed at the tush push. They failed the tush push, and they weren't able to capitalize. Commanders are sellers, clearly. Montez Sweat goes to the Bears. Chase Young goes to the 49ers, as mentioned. And it was a tough loss for the Commanders. And uh, give credit to the Eagles. Give credit to A.J. Brown. Uh, Jalen Hurts felt pretty comfortable there, and... This is the real difference between the championship winning teams and the teams that fall short. You win those very close games that I don't even think a lot of people would poo-poo the Eagles that they actually lost that game. But no, they actually won. They made the comeback. They made their adjustments. Um, Despite a very bad game defensively, they were able to get this win. So props to the Eagles. And... um, yeah, the Eagles are they are them, unfortunately, as a Giants fan to say, but I think this game in particular will be a highlight on the DVD video if they wind up winning the championship. Huge win for the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles show it time and time again they're a championship West championship tested team. They know how to make the, the big plays when they have to, whether that be the tush push where they have to get a yard or make a big play to AJ Brown. Um Jalen Hart's using his legs and mobility um to make plays. Um they got a running game now with the under Swift. Um they're 
they're they're a pretty good team. They're going to be a tough out for teams to beat. And arguably, if they didn't have, if they didn't, if uh, Jalen Hurts didn't implode on third and nine, throw an interception, they'd be eight now. So I mean, all they all this team does is win games. They're battle tested, coming off a Super Bowl appearance. There's no reason to think that they're not going to be right in the mix towards uh, December, January, maybe in February. So, and Jalen Carter has been a beast too. So he's that's also helped on the defensive side of the ball too. Really traces you well so, in the league. So unfortunately, in my in my opinion, while this was like a tough fault loss for the commanders, I feel like it's an even bigger loss on suffer, the defense. He did suffer a back injury, Jalen Carter, which thank God isn't so severe, which thank God, but, you know, he did Yo. suffer a back injury. He could be ready for Sunday's game versus the Cowboys, which is a, a huge, huge, very good news for the Eagles. Let's talk about the 49ers, like, gaining Chase Young. I mean that. Oh, we already had that part of the conversation. Yeah, yeah. So, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dive too hard into it. I'm basically gonna say that's big for the Commanders. Like, honestly, I think after this move, while they were doing good with him out, now like they, you should, you saw what, what the improvement on their defense when he was there. Like, I feel like that's a big hit for the Commanders. So while they did lose that game, I feel like losing Chase Young was an even bigger loss. They also sold off Montez Sweat to the uh, the Bears. So they're, they're, de- oh, they're selling off. Oh, they're, they're, so they're, selling, they're selling off pieces. They're, they're trying to oh, sell. So they don't even have the defense anymore. Oh. That's what happens in this league. You got to win right away when you have those players. If not, you're going to win. And that's too bad because Sam Howell's actually played okay. He played really well. I, I actually don't think game. Sam Howell's played bad. He's actually in his rookie. Played pretty decent actually. He's taken too many. I think sacks. that's his best game. His best Took game way too much. Has taken way too many sacks this year. But the guy has pushed the ball downfield. Right now he has he has a ninety point one pass rating, which first first year thirteen touchdowns, 67 percent completion. He's been he's been better than what people would have thought he would have been in his first year. So, so you gotta you gotta be kind of optimistic that you have a guy who maybe could be your, your answer moving forward and somehow. So what did they get for Montez Sweat and um, Chase Young? Uh, Chase Young was a third rounder with the Montez Sweat. Um, I don't know off the top of my head, but regardless, commanders have to make sacrifices. We have to make sacrifices in this life, especially when we don't want to. Um, unfortunately, Do they pick up an offensive line piece? Uh, they got a 2024 second the, uh, for um, the 24 second. That's actually a pretty good haul for Montez Sweat. So. Hmm. It's too bad. Too bad. The Vikings played the Packers. The big story here is the Vikings go four and four and can now compete for a division. Kirk Cousins tear his tears his Achilles out for the rest of the season. Um, you know, one thing you can argue that play was a third and nineteen. They were already up big late in the game. Uh, we having a booby miles moment, it seems, but it's too bad. I don't think it was, you know, it wasn't that. But that being said, you're right. Yeah. Yep. Um what are you going to do? Can't can't go in the back, but no Kirk Cousins, no Justin Jefferson. The Vikings are at 500 starting in November, and they made a deal to bring Josh Dobbs into the mix. So my question to you, are the Vikings able to compete for a division now uh, with Josh Dobbs and no Justin Jefferson? Oh, um, I, mean, I, I think their divisional chances are over. A, a seven seed in the, in the, in the washed-up, NFC, where you know eight or nine wins could get you in the playoffs, potentially is yeah, that they'll be in it. They'll win a couple of games with Josh Dobbs. But 
but not the division. Though. They'll they'll get yeah. some games no, that play. Detroit's a, much better, Detroit's a much better team than, than Minnesota. I I do feel that they still got a chance though with Josh Dobbs. Like arguably, Josh Dobbs was a spark of that Cardinals team. Like in my opinion, like he kept them like within fighting like distance for a lot of those games. Um, aside from that, like no Justin Jefferson. Uh, they got uh, KJ Osborne. Still, he's a really good receiver. It's Jefferson takes a lot of that spotlight. Um, I don't mind Madison. Alexander Madison isn't bad. Yeah, Madison's all right. Madison's all right. I think that without um, Dalvin Cook, though, he does take got a kids, lot of hit. Makers. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Kids, and and that where it's gonna, he's gonna it's gonna it's gonna lower his production, taking all them hits eventually. Like Dalvin Cook, like they don't realize how much he actually was a big part of that offense. But aside from that, like. I don't know. Uh, it was a, it was a, it was an interesting game for Green Bay, but ultimately the Vikings took that. But as sadly know, I predicted, Cam Akers, uh, well, Madison was kind of, he was shut down a little bit in the, um, in the game. He only had thirty-one yards on sixteen attempts for um, last week, but they still got Cam Akers, who's explosive a little bit. So, with those two guys, could be an interesting change, change of pace, from one, one-two combo, could be. Yeah, but well, we will see. Shouts to Jordan Addison, though. He's a very fun player to watch. And uh, Packers just on a long road to relevancy and get those games in what for do you, Jordan What Love. do you think about Jordan Love? I mean, I know he's had some some issues, but I mean, I know you're going to face your lumps in his, in his first year. Um, he's, he's okay, in my opinion. Hasn't been great. Um, you know. So, hey, man. I don't God think bless has, him. Like, I don't think you have like really, really high confidence in Jordan Love. But that being said, he hasn't been like incredibly, uh, horrifically awful where you're like, God, this guy is atrocious. Like, this guy can't be the quarterback. But there's no like deafening, defining signs, in my opinion, this guy can be. So, you know, a little, a little bit like I think the jury's still out on him, to be honest. Yeah, no, definitely no need to sell him off right away. He showed that he can, you know, when he's on point, he's on point. But um, I think it's just a matter of getting more reps in and uh, taking a bit of the humble juice, if you will. Jacksonville well, Jaguar. At, real quick, I was just going to say, just for reference, Aaron Rodgers' first first full season, he went 6-10. and 10, So, you know, it's just something to consider as well, like when we look at the trajectory of yeah, Jordan. Yeah, definitely. That's why you got to get him up some time, for sure. <laughs> The Jacksonville Jaguars went into Pittsburgh and defeated them by a score twenty to ten. Jacksonville goes unfazed, steals terrible towels from people, and beats Pittsburgh in their own house. Jacksonville is going to be fine. They are really stepping up. But what about the Steelers? I mean, on some real shit, on some real stuff, like real talk. All right, that's two. Um. Matt Canada got to go. Like, yeah, the last game we played, he showed he opened up the playbook a little bit, but then it's like he just regressed right back to it. Kenny got hurt. Um, without Kenny getting hurt, I felt like we would have been a big in a better chance to win this game. Mitchell Trubisky is just not it. You know what I'm saying? He did have a touchdown though. Um, outside of that, like uh, Jacksonville, Jacksonville. They played okay. They played a really good game. They took the game from us. Um, the Steelers just got a lot of things to work on offensively. As you can see, that defense kept us in the game. Like, But outside of that, um, we, we still got a lot of offensive struggles. 
uh, probably too late to, to get rid of our offensive coordinator, but I don't know. Well, your defense is elite. I just, like, again, you know, you just keep harping on the offensive woes. I, I just think they're too predictable. Um, Pickett's going through the motions, but he it doesn't seem like there's any element of surprise with this team. I think they have the longest consecutive streak of games under 500 yards of total offense production. 56. Yeah, 56. And I think that just goes back to kind of the struggles that they're having. They're just too predictable on offense. <clears throat> they're not bursting holes. Najee Harris, he's a he's a bell cow back, but he doesn't split off he doesn't split off the blocks. Like he doesn't get the yardage that he needs to really break away. And with Jacksonville, I mean it's just more of the same. They're just a well-oiled machine. They're they're hitting stride right now after a, a rough start coming out of the gates. And they were efficient on third down, six of thirteen. They pretty played a pretty tight game. They dominated time of possession. And even still, all of that, they had their turnovers that the Steelers created, but they just couldn't capitalize on them. So I think it's more of um, – I think it's more of an indictment on that Steelers offense than it is Jacksonville. I mean, they're just uh, – they're rolling right now. Yeah, Jacksonville yeah. looks like a well-oiled machine like you guys talked about. Like, I'm sticking with my prediction of Jacksonville as the number one seed in the AFC. I, I said that at the beginning of the season. I'm going to stick with that. Um, I feel like – in a weak AFC South, they're going to win a lot of games in that division. Um, they got a lot of winnable games, and they find a way to win a lot of the close games. So it's a good formula for success. Uh, another question that we haven't asked is, Mike Tomlin never had a losing season and head coach since 2007. Um, is this going to be the year that happens where they finally have a losing season? I think very well could be. I, I, I think this is hey, – I think this is Don't you year. wish that evil on us, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> don't <laughs> put that on evil on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The Dallas Cowboys just annihilated the Los, Los Angeles Rams at home. The Cowboys just had a true beatdown against the Rams at home. I mean, nothing went right for L.A. They might have a hurt Matthew Stafford. Maybe this team really isn't uh, a well-oiled machine like some others. But the Cowboys have a solid win to boost their morale and uh, talk to me about... Um, what you got out of this game from both teams? I was really disappointed with the Rams. Um, <clears throat> I was kind of riding with them. I thought that they would have a bounce back in this game um, to get back to, you know, get back to 500 and get back to their winning ways. But I just thought that Dallas dominated from the beginning of the game to the end. Um, they came out hot. They scored. It was, I mean, it was, it was 33 to nine at half. Dallas. Um, so it was an upward battle and they're not built to play from behind the Rams. So right out of the gate, you know, they have to, um, you know, they have to win through the air and they have to, they have to score quick and they're just not about, they're not equipped to build, uh, to do that with Stafford. So I just thought that they, they just started off too slow and, you know, kudos to Dallas. They put the hurt on, they took care of business at home. Um, they won on all three phases of the game. And I mean, they they're just getting chunk play after chunk play after chunk play. And um Dak didn't even look uncomfortable back there. He looked very composed. Um 25-31 with four touchdowns. Um and yeah, it was just a, it was a route. Bad time to have a route if you're in Los Angeles, yeah. don't you think? Dallas is looking pretty good. Um he got a really good defense. Um when everything's clicking, they're 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 an elite team, Dallas. Um but they play Philly next week, so that's gonna be a huge week. 425 game um, this Sunday. Oh. Um, that's going to be, you know, um, Dak Prescott is finally starting to 
if Dak Prescott can bring it all together, there's no reason why that can't that team also can't be contending for a Super Bowl as well. Um, so, um, I mean, we'll see. I mean, is this this probably like Stephen and I said? I actually think this is probably Dallas's best shot to actually make the Super Bowl. I do actually because I don't really I don't feel like anyone is like so unworldly. I I don't think Philly's unworldly. I think Philly could be beat. Um, I, I San Fran could be beat as we've seen before. Um, even Detroit, like until Detroit, Detroit hasn't shown you anything yet, so they're still relatively unproven. Like they they have limited experience in a big game, so well, neither does Dallas. So, but they're more more than Detroit recently. So I mean, this this is as wide open for Dallas as it's been in years. So I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna give thing. Is it gonna be a good Dak game week? And when, we'll or see. we'll see. I'm not giving any stock into Dallas because it's always like this. Like oh, Dallas this, Dallas that. Dallas shows us a lot of. A lot of um, a lot of a lot of flash, but then out of nowhere, sometimes they'll just like throw the game away. Literally, Dak will throw the fucking game away. So until I see this Cowboys team like really win some games, like in the playoffs, like really take it their NFC champion, I'm not really gonna give them any stock, any credit. Like this team is like high scoring one day, low scoring the next. Like I need. I don't know, some more like high powered games. And then I'll be like, yeah, you know what? Dallas actually might be doing something this year. Until then, mm, the Rams just kind of basically disappointed me. Like Alex said, um, I thought they would bounce back. They didn't really bounce back. Um, it was just a disappointing loss for them. You know, who didn't have a disappointing loss was the Miami Dolphins. The Patriots sure did. 31 to 17 was your final score. Dolphins back to their winning ways and a perfect example of, of a speedy offense when healthy, just making any defense look silly. Uh, even Jalen Ramsey returns. People thought he would be back in December. No, he comes back and gets an interception. Um, so you know what that means. Maybe your defense is also improving for Miami. And let us uh, officially declare that it is time to tank for the Patriots, right? Yep. 100%. <laughs> Bill Belichick needs a quarterback more than – he needs a quarterback desperately. I mean, almost as much as any other – like, if he's going to survive in New England, then, then the, first of all, they got to strip him of his GM powers because he's done a terrible job. Horrific. I've said, I say it every week. He's done a terrific, horrific job. Horrific. Not hor- not terrific. Horrific with an H. <laughs> um, they got to get they got to get a new GM in, in place right there. They just don't – they don't have enough talent on an offensive side of the ball to compete with with um, with um teams like like Miami. You know, so, like, their best player on offense right now is, is Kendrick Bourne, who's, you know, Kendrick Bourne. And, and he just got hurt. And he just got hurt. For the season. <laughs> But he he can't be a, a number one number one guy. So you know, I mean, it's shame on him. Shame on him for giving Mac Jones this little help. Shame on him. He, you want to talk about a guy who ruined a guy's career? He ruined Mac Jones's career, arguably, by just being completely inept at, at drafting offensive players. <laughs> Big joke with the J. I knew when you were going to put in a quarterback who looks like a frat star with the, I mean, give him credit, national championship, whatever, with the big cigar. No, I mean, in his first year, he took you to the playoffs. Like, he's, you know, he's he's showing a little bit of flashes. But that being said, like, you can't give him the offense they've had and expect good results. And they've had three different coordinators, you know. None of which you've had. You can help argue the defense that year helped them a little more too, but I give you credit. Yeah, the defense is good. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, like it it doesn't help that you've had three different coordinators. You've had the 
the O'Brien. Um, yeah, you've had three different coordinators there. So Matt Patricia, <laughs> Patricia and Joe Judge. You know, it's the what whole. A joke. What a joke! I, I mean, yeah. Where are the Patriot fans at? Grew up with all of them gone, every single one. Literally, I've dealt with a lot of them growing up in the Northeast, and they are they have disappeared like like a pain in your ass, and you got some Advil to get rid of it. Well, like herpes. I hope not, but um, <laughs> the Panthers won by a score of fifteen to thirteen. The Panthers got their first win, yay! Nice stuff. Class. Um, Texas had opportunities, but they couldn't capitalize throughout. And um, yeah, that's I it. Mean, mm-hmm. Credit to Bryce Young for finally getting a W in his his uh, you know rookie season. Um, I knew he would. He definitely had some some struggles. With um, being quarterback for the the Panthers, but good to see them. Good to see him get his first win. He's going to take his lumps. Um, nice to see two young quarterbacks playing each other. Hopefully, that's going to be the first of many between CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. Um, he started to play better. He's he's completing sixty four percent of his passes. Bryce Young guy has seven touchdowns. He threw for two hundred thirty five yards with a touchdown and a pick. Hasn't thrown an interception the last two weeks, so he's definitely starting to come around a little bit. Bryce Young. Hopefully, he can continue to develop. And give you something to look forward to in uh, in years to come for the um, the Panthers fans, and hopefully we can see more CJ Stroud versus um, versus Bryce Young because because CJ Stroud looks like a baller. I mean CJ Stroud has has been awesome. He this was year. a baller, could look taller. Yeah, but he's 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 been pretty good this year. You know, has done only done one interception through through um through the first eight weeks of the season. So that's. The future is bright for Houston. The future is bright in Houston, yeah, definitely. Demarco Murray is a good coach. No, um, Demarco Murray. Uh, Demico Ryan's. Demico yeah, Demico Ryan's. Ryan's. Yep. Yeah, yep. I like him. He he brings the energy to the team. Uh, really, not too much from this game. I kind of just it was like it was like watching a bunch of kicks, honestly. But like this game was just you know number one versus number two. I think they said it was like the fifth time in history. Um, but I kind of knew that Bryce Young was going to get that win. Um, C.J. Stroud was going to cool down eventually. I'm not saying he's going to cool off. I'm just saying, like, after such a you know good streak, he was bound to have, like, a, a mid-game. So, like, you know, it is what it is. Nothing really good or – nothing really bad for the the, the Texans. The, they just got outplayed. That's pretty much it. I mean, it's fifteen. It was a fifteen, thirteen game. There's not really much to you know talk about. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it was boring, but like it was okay. So let's move on then. Where the Saints played the Colts, they won thirty-eight to twenty-seven. Saints get a much-needed win after a very bad loss Thursday night. Um, the Colts are really good at keeping games close and losing them, but hey, they um. Still trying to figure themselves out. And it's too bad because they really have a very good offense. Um, Jonathan Taylor looks like he's back. Michael Pittman's solid. The defense just keeps giving up way too many points. Talk to me about Saints and Colts. The Saints are another one of those teams that they're just maddening. They they win some of these games. They blow out teams. And you see the talent they have on both both sides of the ball with Derek Carr and that defense. You, I, you would think this is a team that's going to win like 11 or 12 games, looking at them certain games, right? but just – how they blow teams out. They blew out the Patriots. Um, they smacked 
they 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 play pretty good versus the Colts. Put up thirty eight versus the Colts. Um, they have certain games where I'm like, wow, like they they look like they're one of the elite teams in the NFC. And then they just they have certain games where they just have clunkers offensively. So it's very inconsistent team. In a weak NFC South, I, I, I still think that's the team that's probably going to win it if I had to pick one. And you get games versus the Bears and the, and the Vikings. So if you want to be taken seriously, you should – theoretically, you should win those two games. But, I mean, that being said, it's it's just they're, they're a maddening team, the Saints. But there's, they're, they're one of those teams that they're just maddening to watch because you never know what you're going to get week to week. Or they yeah, can right. lose by, by 17 to the Buccaneers. So, you know. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's it's like I don't know. Um, the Saints that that game was kind of interesting. It's it pretty interesting. Um, like I like what I saw from Gardner, even though I'm not a big Gardner guy. So I will say like my 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 stock on him is going up a little bit. Um, but if they stay healthy, like the whole team, like quarterback, um, Jonathan Taylor continues to play at like like how he like you know played, then. They actually can be like a wild card, I believe. If Anthony Richardson comes back, it's definitely. I would have, I would have loved to see Anthony Richardson with this team because I feel like Anthony Richardson would have been able to run the ball. Um, Gardner Minshew has actually been really good, actually. Like, yeah, I, his last game was better. Win games, but he sees the numbers have been really good. It's more that they haven't played good on, on the defense side of the ball, which but is man. You know, as as a Colt fan, you should be frustrated because you know they've had three games with Gardner Minshew has played well enough for you guys to win those games. So, but man, fucking the Saints played a hell of a game. Derek Carr is probably best Saint, um, best Saints game. Um, Taysom Hill is like the Taysom QB Hill is the first Army knife, bro. He is yo watching the field, bro. Cute, the QB version of Christian McCaffrey, legitimately. That and then you can honestly really kind of see that that offense is really starting to gel. Kamara coming back was a real big for them. Like their red zone was almost abysmal. He comes back, they got a red zone. If you look at what Taysom Hill could do, he's probably one of the top five players in terms of what he can actually do. Like on all, on he plays special teams. He can catch passes. He could play quarterback. He can he could go in a wildcat. Like he's the most. I would say he's probably one of the top two or three most versatile players in the entire league. Like I wonder how many designs plays they just have. No, just it's, it's unbelievable how much like you can actually do with like Taysom Hill. Like it's it's crazy how much the guy can actually do. And then um, yeah, right, uh, Shahid playmaker playmaker he's looking really good um i don't know uh, keep it keep an eye on him i think he's going to continue trending up but yeah what do you think of this game alex you think this is more saints or you know a, a inconsistent colts team i think both teams are unfortunately very inconsistent yeah, both teams, yeah. i like uh yeah. i do i do like new orleans i was kind of leaning towards um Hayden's camp towards the beginning of the season, not to his extent because he's got him going to the damn Super Bowl. But that was um, crazy. That was I, I listen. I, I I'll stick with that one. It's a crazy one, but but I I definitely had them winning uh, easy division in a down year. Um, I think they're they're more than competent enough to do that on both sides of the ball. And I do believe in Dennis Allen, and I like his relationship with Carr over the years. Obviously, I highlighted that he got drafted by him back to Oakland um, eight, nine years ago. So they can kind of rekindle things as the year progresses. But I expect this this New Orleans team to keep ascending. Um, Indianapolis, I think that they could hover around 500. They may be able to sneak back door into um, a wild card spot as, as a seven seed. But again, AFC South, I only see one team coming out of that, unfortunately. And I think that's, you know, the AFC North and the AFC um, and the AFC East, they both look like they're having two or three teams 
Although we'll talk about another quarterback in that division that looked pretty, pretty good on on, on the, this week, bro. One of the quarterbacks in the AFC South looked pretty good. I think it's a good time to talk about that guy now. And you're talking about Will Levis and the Tennessee Titans, who had a bit, who got a big division win over the Atlanta Falcons. And the Falcons first don't know what they're doing at quarterback, but Will Levis throwing a few touchdowns, feeling pretty poised in the pocket. Um, I guess my only question for you guys is Will Levis the real deal or is this a one-off? I got to tell you, man, some of those throws he made off the back shoulder, one of those throws, he had four, three of the the 10 longest throws all season were from Will Levis. I mean, he's got a cannon for an arm. Wow. Guy, guy, guy is an absolute cannon. Um, not too much stock to put in for, for four touchdowns in, the, in his first game. Uh, Marcus Mariota was another guy who did that in his first week, and Marcus Mariota was a was an okay quarterback, very serious. former Titan, former Titan, yeah. So like, not too much. I mean, but if I'm just looking at the arm talent, like the the guy has a guy is an absolute cannon of an arm. But but they also say the same thing about Carson Wentz, who had an absolute cannon of an arm too. So he's got to put that together consistently. If you if you're looking at your opening debut. Four touchdowns, no picks, and some of those throws, which were absolute dimes, um, off the deep, guy could throw the deep ball. So I mean, it's definitely you should be extremely encouraged as a team. I mean, honestly, I'm gonna counter that by saying he played the Falcons. Like, so pretty good defense, bro. Falcons defense is pretty good. Their secondary is high. Like their secondary is high. So for throwing four touchdowns on on the Falcons, all right, that's cool. Uh, bro, that's like he plays, he plays the Steelers next week. That's a that's an even better defense. He plays the Steelers. Let's see what they do. Or this week coming up, they play the Steelers. Right, you got to so see what they do. What you saw though, definitely. I mean, the, the eye I test, do. I do. The eye test, bro. Looks looks pretty good in the eye test. But we'll let Alex. I test, we'll on, let Alex, I test on one game. I can't run the eye test on one game. Three, maybe, yeah. I, on one game, like it could be an aberration. It could be an aberration game. Who knows? But at the end of the day, like it's the Falcons. Can't really talk much on that either. Like we'll see what it is, though. Maybe, maybe him and DeAndre go off. Well, then that's the bigger question. I think the last thing you said was the most important. It's like, what is it enough to keep DeAndre there for more than the rest of the year? Because we thought that he was kind of just. Looking to well, be he is. Out. There's no way to get him. He'd have to get cut. Well, what I'm deadly. saying is, what I'm saying is, if you see promise from Levis, do you try to salvage the season? And do you is there is there renewed hope? Oh yeah. But yeah. I, I'm definitely more strict than you guys. I need two years of tape to consider you legit as a quarterback. Um, it's still my. No, no, I, biggest... I don't consider him legit. Just the early signs mm-hmm. tonight. I know. I know. It looks yeah, like you can see he's got an NFL arm. You can see that. 100%. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not clear. Say good things about Purdy too. Well, that okay. So you took words out of mouth. So yeah, that his his career hanging in the balance only in terms of are we qualifying him as legit? But um, so with with Levis, yeah, I mean it was of course it was impressive when you when you have tape on guys, they're going to look great, especially out of the gate. But he took advantage of a situation, the opportunity. Um, Atlanta isn't great, you know. I I, I I waver on them a lot just because they're in a bad division. But um, I thought this was a quality win, and when you're at home. Um, you know, you take care of business. You got the crowd behind you. Um, let's see what they do uh, in a couple of days against Pittsburgh. I think it's going to be a big test. <laughs> yes, it will. Yes, it will. All right, guys. Um, just one more game to discuss. We have the 
we have the Los Angeles Chargers play the Chicago Bears. Um, the Tyson Bagent was a nice story, but it seems like he's not a threat for um, Justin Fields' jobs. And the Chargers is bat just um, beating a enable Bears team. They have Montez Sweat, so they're going all in. So give them credit. Um, but uh, besides that, the Chargers is getting ready for the real tough the, matchups ahead. The Bears, the Bears are really bad. I mean, I'm being honest with you. Their, their defense is. <laughs> Horrific. I, I, you know, they're, they're really bad. <laughs> I don't want to make too much fun of the Bears. I mean, Justin Herbert finally showed up to play, but like you guys said, I think he's a little overrated too. Um, I, I will continue to say that. You know, until he, you got to prove it this week. He played the Jets, who were one of the best defenses in the league. You throw three touchdowns versus the Jets, put up thirty points. You know, then you got to put your money where your mouth is against that against the team you're going to be competing versus the playoffs against. Um, you know, if if you're if you're trying to make a name for yourself, Justin Herbert, you got to play good this week. Like versus the Jets, versus an elite defense, versus Chicago. It's nice, you know, it's nice. But I, I mean, the same guy, the same defense also last year gave up, I want to say like 300 yards and three touchdowns to Mike White. So it's like, yeah. you know, you know, it, it, it's kind of hard to evaluate with, with the Chicago Bears because I, I think the Chicago Bears are kind of a shitty team. Yes, watch that they're, word. I, I not they're kind of crappy. <laughs> better is that better? Chicago Bears are are a a. I got two topics. A bad team, team, yeah. I I got notes, right? And I got two topics for both of these teams, right? And you touched on both, basically. The Chargers basically needed this win, but it was an easy game. (laughs) Like, you know, like, and because if he lost to the Bears, the Justin Herbert talk would just be through the roof. And then at the same time, it's nothing to call home about. Like at the same time, like, you know what I'm saying? And then two words for the Bears, just bad. Like, just bad. bad. And then like, and then at the same time, under that, can't really knock them too much. Like, because of how bad they are. Like, I mean, they play the well, Chargers. No, this, the is Chargers the thing. this is the thing. Won that game. Versus, versus the Jets, these are, I'll give you the quarterback numbers versus the Jets. And I'm going to shoot. I'm going to give you versus the Jets this season. I want to say Mahomes didn't have a good game. Um, Josh Allen threw multiple interceptions versus the Jets. Jalen Hurts played bad. Um, so, like, you know, we, we got to see. We got to see how this quarterback, Justin Herbert, who claims who claims he's, the you know, the best quarterback in, you know, claims one of the best quarterbacks in the league. We'll see how he plays. Um, week one, Josh Allen, one touchdown, three picks. Um, Chiefs, uh, Mahomes, 203, one touchdown, two picks. Um, Eagles, he threw three interceptions versus, versus the Jets. So it's like, you know, the Jets have forced this season eight, eight, eight interceptions and multiple fumbles. So this is going to be a good test for Herbert if he really wants to be taken as serious as an elite quarterback, how he, how he competes versus the Jets. And match. I agree with that, too. They do. Homeboy so better got his – he better have better his – Better play well with the you know, better be ready. Because that team, Cause. that secondary, is going to be all over Keenan Allen. And no, not Keenan Allen because he's our um, – but uh, the receivers they have, uh, the receivers they have at LA, murder um, everybody. These got they got to be all over everyone on that team. Why don't we go into the picks right now with it? Week nine in the NFL, week nine, guys. So yeah, we're we're past the halfway point officially. Uh, Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen's still playing. He's got six hundred forty-three yards, but I mean he's he's still playing. So he had a he had a he has um six hundred forty-three yards. So hopefully they can shut down Keenan Allen and and Eckler. Perfect. So, yes, we are now officially at the halfway point of the NFL season already. That's right. 
we are halfway there. Week nine is going to start on Thursday with the Titans and Steelers matchup where the Pittsburgh Steelers opening at minus four and a half. What's going to happen, guys? Was it Steelers versus the um, was it from Steelers? Uh, Titans are going to face the Steelers. The over-under is 36 and a half. Give me under 36 and a half. And then... Give me, oh, I'm, I'm, give me Will Levis another game that will be seen nationally and get people more hyped for him. I'm giving I'm going the over on this game. I'm going the Titans 27-16. I'm gonna go with the over on this one. And, and then and and, over. uh yeah, I, I actually like the over on this one because it you, you might think it might be low, but at the out of nowhere, it might just get crazy on it. Um, especially if old boys throwing four touchdowns. So let's see what's up. Um, I'm gonna go with the over on this one though, and I'm gonna say it's a 20 28 game Pittsburgh. All right, okay, 28-20. I like the over as well, but just slightly. Uh, I got like 20 20 to uh 20 to 17 uh Pittsburgh. Okay, so okay. 36 36 is the number, right? Yeah, yep, oh, yeah, 36. yeah, 36 and a half, but That's yes, yes, same thing. All right, continuing on, we're having another international series game. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins are playing in Frankfurt, Germany. All right, who cares about the Germany part? But um, regardless (laughs) of the game itself, I'm sorry. I think the international series is so overrated. I don't know the numbers and the revenue that comes in. Money grab. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? I mean, I... I, I think they should start making the games in Asia, to be honest, when you go to sport in Asia. Like, that's, I think that'd be pretty cool. Might as well have, I mean, I, I'm more favor of them in this country. They could do preseason games in <laughs> yeah. Asia and Europe and Australia. Do it, do it in Greece. Like don't. they do with Mexico, right? They do preseason games in Mexico? Yeah, like they, they've done Mexico, they've done Frankfurt. Where the, where the air quality is crap in Mexico. Uh, not, not helping anybody. Um, like, yeah. I'll give you what was, I'll give you this game. The, the, the spread is minus two and a half over under fifty and a half. I'll take the um I'll take the under, but um I'll take Kansas City. I'll take Kansas City twenty four to forty and a half the spread or fifty. Fifty and a half 50 minus and a half. two and a half. I'll take, uh, I'll take Kansas City twenty four uh twenty three over Miami with a last second field goal. Okay. Um. You said 24-23, so that would be plus two and a half for the Dolphins there. Okay. Um, for me, I'm going with a Dolphins victory as well. Give so them the two and a half Kansas points. City. I'm taking Kansas City in this game. Kansas City. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm saying the spread, though, if it's I'll a one-point game. Take, uh, oh, Kansas City's favorite in this game? Yeah, Kansas City is favored by minus yeah, two I'll and take, a half. I'll take, uh, I'll take Miami. Oh. I'll take Kansas City money line in Miami with the spread. Awesome. Me too. How, how is Kansas City favored? Yeah, I don't get that one either, but I because think I, just got McCole Hartman be, back. Be, well, let's think about it. They are going overseas. It's going to be a big Those international game. Goodell's going to be there. You need to have the Kansas City Chiefs win. They'll probably get the uh, refereeing crew from again from Giants Jets, who are the worst refereeing crew on paper, and uh, they'll get Kansas City the win. I'm going to go with the Dolphins taking this one. Um, I'll go with the under. What was the under? 50, right? You said 50, 50 and a half. 50 and a half. I'll go with the under like 
Come on, son. 17, 24. 24, 17. Uh, 24, 17 Dolphins. Oh, I'm definitely taking the over on this. I think it's a gimme. Um, I, I think these are two high-powered offenses. I understand the concern with the time, with the, the changeover in time, but it's more uh, just fifty as a high spread, bro. Like both teams. Were, yeah, but yeah, but these both, but these are both elite offenses. Um, I, I I think Miami takes care of business. I see them winning by six or seven around a touchdown, and I see something right around like a thirty-eight to thirty-three type of game. Oh, all right, fair. Won't knock you for that one. Yeah, give me Kansas City. Uh, give me the Dolphins at plus two and a half and then over 50 and a half. Yep. What's next, guys? Let's go with the Seattle Seahawks playing the Baltimore Ravens. Huge game right here. Baltimore is your favorites at minus five and a half, and your over-under is 43. Give me the Seahawks. Give me the points there. I think they could win by a touchdown. And give me over 43 points. Yeah, I'll take the over for this one. Um, I think it's be a really good game, actually. What was the over? 43, right? That's right. Um, I'll take the over on this one. I'll go um, Baltimore 26-24. Um, I'll take the over on this one. I'm going with the Seahawks. Uh, I'm going to go – it's kind of crazy, but I'm going to go like 35-23. No way. I got twenty four. I got a low scoring game. I got a twenty four ten type of game because I never trust a West Coast team going to going to the East Coast on a one o'clock. Never get never happens. So I I got the weight Ravens winning pretty handily. They'll control the clock twenty four ten. It's good. That's good actually. East West Coast teams never do well on, on the East Coast. So it's good. It's, that's a good pick. Good pick, Alex. Good pick. Okay, pick. continue. Good pick. Sorry. <laughs> Continuing on, the Arizona Cardinals are going to Cleveland. Cleveland's opening at minus eight, and your over-under is 37 and a half. Not a lot of scoring, Faithful. So give me over that number, 37 and a half, and oh, give yeah. me the steep minus eight for Cleveland. I'm taking um, Cleveland on this one. Um, what is Cleveland? Four and three or four and four? Cleveland is four and three. Four and three. Yeah, I'll take wow. Cleveland on this one. And, who, who, like, they're playing um, who? Arizona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm taking I'm taking Cleveland on this one. Arizona just lost what what I believe was their offensive spark. So, uh, I don't know. I, I guess I'll go with the under for this one, though. <laughs> no, this is a great this is a great week for overs. This is a great week for overs. What I got, the, what's the I got clean, it was four it was forty three and a half. Oh, 43 and a half. Point yeah. Yeah. And Cleveland by eight. Cleveland by eight. Forty three yeah. and a half. This over under is actually thirty seven and a half. Pardon thirty seven and a half. Thirty seven and a half. No, I mean that that's even more tangible. I think Cleveland win I don't think they cover, but I think that I'm definitely taking the over. I, I expect somewhere around a, a thirty to twenty one type of game. I mean, uh, pardon me, a 30 to 27 type of game. I think it'll be tight um, because I don't trust you. Think they, think there's going to be that many points in this game? I do because even though they're both bad teams, I mean, like, I, here's the thing Cleveland's good at home. Um, they have a great defense, but I just don't trust a quarterback on either side. And I think there's going to be a lot of turnovers, a lot of short, a lot of short series, a lot of short fields. And I think they're good enough to convert, but um, I think this one's going to be a sloppy, high scoring game. 
I, I, I'm, I'm gonna now that I got the spread one more time. I'm gonna double down on the Browns, but I'm gonna go like with the under, and I'm gonna go like thirty-three to three the Browns. <laughs> thirty-three to three. Wow, oh, bro, bro, I, you're. I okay, you know, I, I wonder what you you know been bad week for unders, dog. Wonder what you, you, wonder what you've been sniffing before you know inhaling, but you know I'm <laughs> I'm gonna uh, I'll I'm I'm gonna give you I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I sorry, I didn't mean to. I'm not erratic enough. <laughs> I, I, I'll go like um for this one. I don't know. I just I I kind of don't like what I've seen on film from PJ Walker. I I, I really don't like it. Um, I think that I think that Cleveland could be surprised with Clayton Tune. Like I, we haven't really seen him play, so there's not going to be much game film on him. I, I mean, I guess I'll go like, I don't know. I guess I'll I'll take Cleveland twenty to sixteen. What's the what's the? Oh no! I don't know that thirty-seven and a half. Been, uh, I'll Hunt's been giving their running offense that boost that Nick Chubb gave it when they was, but so I don't know. They run uh, a game. I think Clayton play okay. No, I do. I think I think Clayton Toon will keep them competitive. And Miles Garrett had a phenomenal game in like what that when they had what last week, or is it like yeah yeah, yeah. So he, like, no, he was on. a beast for Cindy. He was a beast. It's the Cardinals. I think he's going to run through that line. All right, let's keep moving, guys. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to Houston. Houston is your two and a half point favorites. 40s are over under. Give me Houston with the points minus two and a half and give me over 40. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Tampa with the in this game, Tampa money line. And I'm going to take them with uh, 40. I'll take them on uh, 24 to 20, Tampa. Over Houston, I got I got Texas taking this like thirty to twenty three. All right, let's keep it going. Alex, you, you there? Out? I don't know where he is. Um, okay, the Chicago Bears are playing the New Orleans Saints. They're over under. Uh, what do you have for um? What do you have for Houston and? What do you have for Houston versus? Well, I lost my my place for Tampa Houston. Minus Tampa, two and a half for Houston. Um, oh, for Houston. Um, yeah, I got I got Houston in a, in a one score game. I think that they're going to bounce back and they win a pretty uh, pretty easy game. Yep. Dope. Dope. The Chicago Bears are going to New Orleans. The Bears are your seven and a half point underdogs. Over under is forty one. Give me the Saints. Bring it to a whole garden of milk. Give me Give me the Saints. Uh, uh, minus seven and a half. Forty one points is um, going to be under. Yeah, I'll take the Saints in this game. Twenty twenty seven to ten. So I guess that's an under game, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Derek Carr has his next best game or his best game in that in that uniform. I'm gonna go with the uh, what was it? What was the what was the over under? Forty one. Ooh yeah, forty one. Um, against that Saints defense, I really don't think that bag neck cake could do it. 
So I'm probably going to go with the under on this one. And I'm going to say 25, 25 to like three. Okay. Um, I see an over. Sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. 24, three. Uh, Saints. Still, I mean, I, I see I see Bears cleaning up in garbage time. I see something like a 31-14 type of game just because um, I think Saints will dominate, but they're definitely going to – I'm definitely taking the over. And what, the Bears just picked up my, um, Montez Sweat? So yeah. I could see I could see Carr getting a little bit of pressure. So that's why I don't think it's going to be too much of a high-scoring like game, but like it's, it's going to be there. At 24, I see him getting like at least 24 points. Oh, yeah. Miami's going to Atlanta. Miami's your five-point favorites. The over-under is 37 and a half. Okay, so we might have two different quarterbacks, maybe Taylor Heineke, and I don't know who the Vikings quarterback is. It hasn't been announced yet, but clearly a backup. Give me... Honestly, give me the Vikings. I think they can get they could steal victory and be underdog winners here and go five and four. And uh your over under is thirty seven and a half. These teams are gonna be that. five and four. God help us. <laughs> yeah, one of them is God. Oh. God. Um I'll take I'll take Atlanta in this game. But I I what's what's the what's the point spread? Thirty seven and a half. What's thirty seven and a half? Give me Atlanta with the under like 17 to like 13. This is going to be a low scoring game. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I have a similar kind of output to what Hayden is predicting. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. And I think the Vikings do prevail because I think they're riding hot right now. I see something around a 21 14 type of game. Bars, where you at? I'm going to bring it off with the same thing that uh, Alex went out with on low-scoring game, Vikings taking in 21-14, literally same score. Okay. Well, we're going to dis- we're gonna see who's playing quarterback, either Desmond Ritter or Taylor Heineke on Wednesday. <laughs> I'm more Hopefully faithful. Taylor Heineke, for them at least. Yep. Mm-hmm. The Los Angeles Rams are going to play the Green Bay Packers. The Rams are your three-point underdog. So Green Bay minus three over under is 39 and a half. Rams give me the underdogs. Wow. Yes. That might be a steal. So give me Green Bay. I mean, sorry, give me the Los Angeles Rams plus three. Give me the over 39 and a half points. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Rams in this game too. I think I think both quarterbacks are going to play well, so I'll go like 27. I, I, I'm actually going to take a 27-26 game for the Rams. I'm gonna see some of that action. Um, I actually don't think Jordan Love has a good game in this game. Um, I think that uh, that secondary over there in the Rams gives them a little bit of trouble. Um, they're not, I'm not saying that they're the greatest, but I definitely feel like uh like. Jordan Love in his like true rookie year, like you know, fully or his true starting year. I feel like he's gonna make that mistake, toss to a couple of people he doesn't like. You know, they're not really looking for on tape, or like just not feel the pressure coming in from Aaron Donald. We gotta remember that defensive line still got a legendary gold on it. Um, I'm gonna go with the Rams taking this one. I'm gonna go with like the Rams. 
35, the Packers like 10. Oh, wow. Five. I don't know what these margins are all about, but okay. <laughs> Ready to blow out. Hopefully, hopefully Yo, I run a business. Reason, like I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why. Because we did like some overrunders, like like what is it, last week or the week before? And those numbers that those teams won by were outrageous, like 40 and other things. Like, come on, I'm not I'm not taking any chances this time. I don't know. Defenses are reigning supreme this year. They have a great year for the defense, but go for it. Put put your uh, correct scores on your sports books, and if you actually hit those, you will hit thousands of dollars. Uh, I, I'm just looking at the three bold predictions I made for the season. One would be that the Saints will make the Super Bowl. One would be the Bills will make the playoffs, and one would be, would, would, would be the number one seed. Those are my three really, really bold ones, but we'll see which if any of them come close. Yeah. I got the Rams, Rams 24-13 in Green Bay. I was looking at the weather forecast. It should be clear and sunny, too. Washington going to New England. Two teams that are very sad. So minus three and a half is your Patriots spread. Your over-under is 40 and a half. Give me the Patriots bouncing back against Washington. At uh, Give me those three and a half points. Give me uh, over 40 and a half. I'm taking the commanders and I'm taking the over because I actually do feel like Sam Howell's been able to push put put points on the board this season. So give me the commanders in this game 30 to 20. I think it's gonna be over. I like that. I like that pick a lot, actually. Um I've seen something similar, you know, maybe uh 28. 28-20 or 27-20, but I think it'll be relatively high scoring for Washington. Uh, I think that they've lost a lot of tough games that better than their build out to be, I think. And I mean, they've, they've scored 30 points in three games, three three of the eight games oh, they played, almost yeah. half. So it's like, yeah, yeah. They, just, they scored 30. They scored 30 actually twice versus the Eagles. And they, they, can, they, put up, they can put up points. They can put up points, yeah. I'm, I'm going to also go with a 30-point game for the Commanders, taking it. Um, like 31, like 17, go like a 31, 17. We got a random four o'clock start for Indianapolis and Carolina. Indianapolis opening at minus two and a half over under is 44. I'm assuming they thought it'd be Bryce Young versus Anthony Richardson, but it's not. Mm. So, um, give me. The Panthers continuing a winning streak, plus two and a half. Give me over forty-four. Yeah, I I love the Panthers in this game. I think the Panthers are going to win win this game. I just think it's going to be an under. I'll give like I'll go like the Panthers. Like what was it? What they win fifteen thirteen last week versus the uh, versus Houston the, Texans. It, it's going to be like I'll give them like twenty to like thirteen Panthers. I think they'll hold off Indy on the last drive. Interesting. I like that take. Um. I have the Colts winning a tight game on the road. I think it's going to be low scoring. Um, I'm expecting somewhere around a 20 to 17 type of game, just because I think the Colts will have more difficulty scoring on the road. And I think that Panthers could put up a little bit of a little bit of pushback. I concur to that uh, take that you made. Uh, I got the Colts also taking this, but I have a a flip that I think the Colts actually throw about, I think, I think the Colts have a really good game. So I'm going to give them like, 28, and I'm gonna say the Panthers score probably about nine points. Um, Hayden, you big a pick? What? Um, what was the pick? Yeah, I made the pick. Oh, excuse me. 
All right. What a uh, matchup to discuss here. The New York Giants are going to play the Las Vegas Raiders. Anyways, um, so this is what's going to happen. Anyone hear something or is that me? That's mine. That's mine. Sorry. Oh, you good. Um, So the Vegas Raiders minus two and a half. (laughs) Over under 37 and a half. Give me the Giants at plus two and a half. I, I, they can't beat this team. This is a <laughs> abomination. Um, and uh, sorry, Alex. I mean, no, I'm not sorry. I want them to beat your team. So um, give me over 37 and a half. I want you to beat us too. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna take the. Um, oh my god, this is a tough game to pick. I, I hopefully Daniel Jones plays well. Hopefully, but like, what is it? 37 and a half. Yeah. I don't know why. I think this game's going to go over. I don't really know why. Sometimes go with your you, gut. You with know, these, with these two offenses, oh my god, no, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not taking yeah. action. No, I'm not taking the over. I'm going the other in this game. I'm going to take the Raiders in this game over the Giants. Do you, oh, do you, I, know, do you understand? Do you understand what both of this offenses is? It's like Helen Keller and Stevie Wonder trying to get out of a trap room. Yeah, pr- pretty, pretty much. Yes, it's it's. it's, it's <laughs> It's pretty bad. These both these offenses are are, are oh my god they're, they're 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 pretty bad. But that being said, like I think Daniel Jones will play well. Hopefully, if he doesn't get hurt, it's just you know, um, God, this is a tough game to even pick. Even if the Giants uh, are there, could be good. Uh, I mean, like, well, the, well, I, guess here, I guess the... I'll go sixteen ten. The 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 Raiders. Wow, Jesus. Well, I, I I'm going I with the. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to go with the under with this game. I'm going to pick the Raiders. <laughs> 17, like 13. Yeah, this is, this is a brutal game. This is another brutal game. But it can't be any worse than the last Giant game they played, so put it out there. It can't, can't possibly be any worse than the Giants-Jets. That, that, game was, that game was – oh, my God. That was like – I've had surgeries that were – I've had – I think you could operate me without anesthesia and it would be less painful. Mm-hmm. All well, right. The thing with the Giants is you can't you can't lose a bite, so they're they're fine. Yeah. It's definitely better. <laughs> the Dallas game of the week. Dallas Cowboys are going to Philly. 425. The Eagles are your three point favorites. The over under is forty six. How's this game going to go? For me, give me Philly. Minus three at Philly or at Dallas at Philly. So give me Philly minus three and your over under. Give me under 46. Oh, I'm going the under, um, but I'm, I've got them. I'm, I'm going to take Dallas in this game. God help me because that's never proves that ends up being right. But I'm going to pick Dallas in this game. I'm going to go Dallas. Was it 46? You said that the spread was? Yes. I'll give you Dallas 26, 17. I'm going to go with the over on this one. I'm going to give you Philly. I think I think this one's actually going to be somewhat of a high-scoring game after, or looks like it's going to be a high-scoring game, and then Philly's going to kind of just take off on Dallas. So I'm just going to kind of put it at, like, go with the over. I'm going to say it's, like, 33-28. I have, I have 21-17. Uh, Philly, I think it's a low-scoring game. I think the only reason that he, it's even that high is because um, I think they'll make the second-half adjustments with the offense. 
Okay. Another interesting matchup. We have the Buffalo Bills going to Cincinnati. The Buffalo Bills are your favorites. Just kidding. The Cincinnati Bengals are your favorites at minus two and a half. The over-under is 48 and a half. Give me under 48 and a half points and give me a win and the points for the Cincinnati Bengals minus two and a half. I will take the the Bengals in this game 30 to 27. So is that an over? It's an over, right? Yes. All right, yeah, I'll take the over. I'll take the over and I'll take the Bengals 30, 30 to 27. Well, we know what happened the last time they had a matchup in prime time in Cincinnati. <laughs> so, but yes. um, but um, I'm not making not making any jokes. I just think that it's too it's too unpredictable with these two teams. What I'm going to get? Um, I think that my 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 brain takes Cincinnati, but my heart takes Buffalo. Um, I think that Cincinnati probably prevails. In a low-scoring game, I think 23, 23 to seventeen. I'm gonna take Buffalo. Since he's got to get, since he's got to get it back. Yeah, I think Bart, since he's gonna, they're they're starting to hit a stride. I think good job. Yeah, to get healthy. I think so. He looked he looked good last week. He looked really they looked good. Pretty good, yeah. He played pretty good. I got the Bills. I got the Bills taking this one. Um. Uh, 28-17. Okay. We have the Connecticut Huskies playing the Tennessee Volunteers. Tennessee's opening at minus 34 and a half. Your over-under is 53. Stop being so mean. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) This is the joke I always ask. I always do top 25 picks. But I always ask the UConn game just for Alex. But pick it. Can UConn lose no. by less than 35 points? UConn, they going to lose. No, no chance. ranked Tennessee. I'll talk about the actual football games. I can't believe I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth. I'd rather talk about the Jets right now. <laughs> well, that's what you'll get. So, so the Monday game of night- the year. The game of the year, my friend. UConn football versus UMass. The real, real game. Oh, yeah. Of the year. I'm on the, the real game of the year, my guy. <laughs> so, Monday night- game, unfortunately. so, before that, we have Monday Night Football. The Los Angeles Chargers are playing the New York Jets. The Jets are your three point underdogs. So, minus three for Los Angeles. And over under is 41.5. Give me over 41.5. Give me minus three for the Chargers. Oh my God, I'm gonna go. I mean, when, when you're playing with the Jets, what's what's the point total? What's the spread? Or what's the point total? I mean, forty-one and a half. Oh, when you're playing the Jets, I think he's gonna go over. Actually, it's surprisingly an over game. I'm gonna go the Jets twenty-three. I'm just taking this as a God. God rest my soul, but I'm gonna take the Jets twenty-three. Twenty-three points for the Jets is like as miracles are gonna have to happen for the yeah, score. Exactly. Which I'm gonna I'm gonna keep saying, the defense will force some turnovers and whatever. So I'll go 23-20 um, Jets over the Chargers. By the way, not not related, but like UConn has lost the last. Uh, UConn has been in four, uh, four straight one score games. So can we not points. talk about how bad they are, please? No, 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 no. They, they've they've they only lost All by my team talking, and they only lost by three to South Florida. So you know, BC's a bowl, bowl team right now. South Florida NFL. Team. 
NFL. You know, um, I think this is this is the easiest this is the easiest under game of the week. I'm not sure what you guys are seeing because that for the reasons you outlined, like this is an anemic offense with the Jets. Oh no, no it, it, this game screams under. I'm I'm honestly just taking. I hopefully the Jets will win this game. I'm just taking it as a fan, but. I don't try. I don't trust. I don't trust Chargers to show up in prime time. So I have something really like low scoring. I have a thirteen to ten type of game. Thirteen ten. Ooh, wow. Yep. All right. All right. I, I. I hope. I hope we can get the Jets to score more than thirteen points. But you know, it's, <laughs> that's, that's a lot. It's hard for the Jets to do. So because we've seen it. We've seen it. <laughs> seen it week in week out. So with, with Zach Wilson at least. So. Mr. The God, and it also helps when it also doesn't help when you go like oh for forty on on third down, so it doesn't help. But oh, they got like one. No, they want like one for like brutal that game. So third down offense has been atrocious. So I don't know how to call this one. To be honest, that ass. Like while you while one might think Herbert might have a great game against the Jets, right? Like he. That that Jets defense is actually kind of good. So, scratch it, that. It's, it's like we went two for fifteen on third down. So, scratch that. <laughs> the actual number. It's a toss up. Y'all can have a good game. Who knows? It's a toss up. Um, and it just takes Herbert to have a bad day, and that Chargers team to lose it. And like, uh, like all all the Chargers, all all they got to do is let y'all stay in the game. If y'all stay in the game, the Jets have like a real big chance of winning it, even with Zach Wilson as your quarterback. So, like, I think I'm my my heart, everything in my gut says go with the Jets, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Chargers, and I'm gonna say that they continue this winning trend. Boy, Nico, Nico, were here. He would he would be he would be proud of you. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say they continue the winning trend. I will go as far as to say that they even score twenty three points. Whoa! Oh. Wow! Twenty three points is not it's not that crazy to be honest. Dude. Yeah, no, Jets it's the whole, but it's the whole joke. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> we will see how that battle unfolds. All right, gentlemen, great work. Week nine, should, week nine should be a good one, and let's see if it all comes to fruition. All right, Alex, Alex Hayden and Bars, great work. We'll see you soon. Happy Halloween, guys. Halloween. Ah, uh, yes, nicely paced, nice analysis, and a feel good. Awesome show. Great job, Bars, Hayden, and Alex. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding the show across all social media platforms. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter next at Prod Pod, TikTok at Productive Conversations, and Facebook at Productive Conversations. So we are back talking week nine of the college football season. And yeah, pretty much from here on out, the college football season will get into its most prominent and exciting part of the season. Right before the bowl games and the college football playoffs, November college football is what it's all about. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. Another tweet cap for you on Friday. And yeah, we will continue on with the first week of November and give you some incredible content, I promise. Thank you to Hayden Nadler, Bars the God, and Alex Ranelio for, contrib- for their contributions to the show. Today, I want to thank 
Dolo Redick, Alex DeJesus for what he does behind the scenes. And I want to thank you, the greatest fans and listeners in the world, for supporting us no matter what and always being the very best fan base a podcast can have. My name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with all things college football. Until then, don't forget to check in on your friends and family, and I'll see you soon. Peace! All she needed was some...